there is one thing that I know for sure. It's that life goes on even after death, loss, and, you know, global pandemics. It's this strange experience that comes from grief and mourning. For many of us, the last two years, the focus has been on almost the mourning of a life that we all knew that felt a little less unpredictable and a little less anxiety-ridden. It's this strange realization that life keeps on moving. The sun rises and sets each day and that we as human beings have this wild capacity to adjust and adapt. And there's often a choice to be made around how we'll show up, how we'll work through the day to either make the most of it and all the cliche sayings of seizing the day and taking the bull by the horns. But I don't know about you, but to me, seizing the day has kind of lost its sparkle. In most days, diving into things like simple pleasures, being grateful for quiet moments, space for reflection and me time, all of those things have won over my heart and my mind more than ever before. See, I'm a recovering workaholic, a person who has really rethought her purpose and most importantly, her relationship with hustle culture. I preface all of this by saying that I don't know that the Capricorn in me will ever be okay with coasting or simply being happy with a sort of status quo existence. I think it's innate in me to want to use my life for purpose, for impact, and work hard to do that. But the pandemic and for myself, very deep personal loss in the last two years has really changed the way that I look at work. It's fundamentally changed my desire to be okay with the productivity paradox and the consequences like burnout, stress, anxiety, and all of those damn self-limiting beliefs around imposter syndrome, which had me living far too long in my own head. It's shifted how I look at success, and perhaps you too can relate. And in an article published by The Guardian this past month titled, Workplaces are in denial over how much Americans have changed. American author Alvin Chang speaks to the writings of Yale historian Frank Snowden and his 2019 publication of the book, Epidemics and Society from the Black Death to the Present, which looks at the ways in which epidemics hold up a sort of mirror to the social, cultural, and political conditions in which they arise. He speaks to Snowden's perspective that epidemic diseases reach into the deepest levels of the human psyche. They pose the ultimate questions about death, about morality, what is life for? Alvin goes on further to say that so many of us have drastically changed, saying that it's not just our attitudes toward work and life, but also that our bodies are reacting differently to trauma and stress. I might argue that the reaction that Alvin speaks to is perhaps more of a sort of awakening to the ways in which trauma and stress eat away at our health and well-being, and that the pandemic Alvin goes on to say, brought that to the forefront in a way nothing else 
has come close to doing for so many North Americans. He speaks further around the tragedies of the last two years that have woken us up from our work-obsessed culture. Many of us have realized it's okay for work to merely be a paycheck, a way to buy freedom, to spend our time how we'd really like. Perhaps that means taking better care of ourselves or those around us. Others may want more meaning in their work for the world to be in a slightly better place after we've worked those 40 hours. And he says, if America can't support these desires, we've realized that it's not because we're broken. It's because America is. That really hit home. And I bring that into the conversation as a sort of validation moment for all of us who are experiencing this kind of collective rethought process in the post-pandemic world or, you know, for those of us that are still paying attention in the ongoing pandemic state that we're still living in. It's a moment to kind of say, it's not you, it's them. It's not a moment of giving in, rather, I think it's a reframe, a realization that the ways in which corporations and society seem to suddenly forget the collective global trauma we are actually continuing to experience with this hyper rapid push to get back to that quote unquote normal, that that doesn't have to sit well with you. If your relationship to work and hustle culture has changed to the extent that you no longer wish to opt in in the same way, you're not alone. And you can thank the pandemic for bringing your life into focus. And I really think what's in front of you is quite the journey. And it's an interesting state that likely hasn't or definitely won't come without some internal conflict. The process you go through to kind of think again is often about with reconciling the old you with the new you. I think what's ahead of you is a lot. It's a lot more meaning coupled with learning to kind of embrace this idea of simplicity. It means learning about boundaries coupled with that always evolving relationship many of us have with saying no and reprioritizing. What's ahead of you is likely career progression that may slow down, may come to a halt. But also for you to show up in a way in your career where you work smarter for something other than only padding your bank account. No longer working so hard at all costs to advance the collective capitalistic mentality that really only serves to exploit the marginalized, which FYI, you likely are a part of. Perhaps you also too, like James Baldwin, no longer dream of labor, at least not in the same way you've been programmed to. So how do you come to terms with this internal conflict to almost reconcile this shift and transition and make that all a little bit easier and quicker to get to, to really think again, to unlearn the likely connection that you have with work and self-worth? 
the validation from success, from finding impact and seeing these visible signs of winning in these environments that are built on white supremacy, aka not for women that look like us, that are built on the tenets of these white cultural norms. For many of us women, especially as Black, Indigenous, and women of color, removing that traditional North American tenet of success, that's a complex journey. And I've been on that journey opting in as an early part of the Great Resignation. I won't go into laborious detail on it because I've done so many times in previous episodes this season, but I will say that it has taught me so much and continues to teach me so much. I now dream of a future life that is fully characterized by purpose, by impact, by opting out eventually of the corporate grind. One where my character, my kindness, and the ways in which I use my talents to serve something other than solely my own bottom line are the first things people notice about me. I don't dream of labor in the context of building other people's dreams or bottom line. I dream of labor that births my own vision, that is defined by empowering and building other people up, of challenging our notions of what great workplace culture should look like. Perhaps your dream is one where you like your job enough and you can see your job as a vehicle to do more of what you love outside of work where your identity isn't baked in your career status and choices. And that balance means that a life is well-lived. And I'll be honest, I've got a really tangled history with success that has really been deeply rooted in redefining myself for myself outside of other people's expectations of what I was even capable of doing. I'm a person who found success and alignment in my work, to my talents, a lot later in life. A late bloomer of sorts is what they call me, that has in essence kind of reinvented myself from a quiet observer who was called shy as other people's attempts to understand me and box me in as a child to now someone whose side hustle has me doing a lot of public speaking. From a young woman who entered college at the ripe age of 17 without a plan or any direction and who almost failed obtaining her undergrad degree due to multiple failed attempts at a required stats course to a woman who then maintained a 4.0 GPA in grad school. From a child of Pakistani immigrants who watched her parents struggle to make ends meet and keep up with everyone around them to now a healthy six-figure earner with a primarily peaceful relationship to money and a sense of success further rooted in things that no one can ever take away from me. In essence, my relationship to conventional markers of success has most certainly been complicated. And I've had to come to terms with the parts of myself that pursued all of those titles and money likely in an effort to validate my sense of self-worth above all. But something changed in me last year, even more so primarily in May 2021, when it unexpectedly lost my dad. It was a sort of acceleration and 
almost revalidation of the direction I was already going in from the start of 2020. Losing the anchor of your family will do that to a person. It's a core shaking experience that makes you rethink your purpose in life. And I've done a lot of reflecting on my journey and I have a lot of thoughts and musings on reconciling what I thought I wanted for nearly 40 years of my life to what I now actually know that I need. I want to share some of those perspectives on how you get to that place of acceptance and letting go of this idea of hustle culture in this day and age when that feels so much more important, more than ever before. First, a really big part of the process, I believe, is embracing that surrender to get to a space of acceptance and coming to terms with this newfound relationship with work and your perhaps dare, I say more evolved definition of success. You have years of programming to unlearn and the idea that it will be simple and easy to fully integrate into your life is frankly a little bit short-sighted and probably quite harmful. Self-compassion and giving yourself grace to unlearn that relationship between work, accomplishment, and self-value is a very necessary part of the journey. You must unlearn your likely natural guilt-ridden response that comes from not expending all your waking hours in what the New York Times calls the cathedral of perpetual hustle. And that simply takes time and intentionality in meeting yourself exactly where you're at. It also requires consistent reminders that your life is more than your paycheck, more than your title, and more than how you climb, how high you climb on the corporate ladder. Reminders that you are disposable to any company are harsh, but necessary. And when you rather channel all of that energy from trying to impress the man to rather trying to leave an imprint on the world that is rooted in your natural talents and capabilities, the things that you will be remembered for when you're 90 or when you're long gone are going to be rooted in your character, your impact, and how you made the world better for just being in it. That doesn't require the same level of hustle mentality that you've been taught is the recipe for success. That requires accepting that you don't have to opt into that. And if you need any reminders of this, write this one perspective down from Jonathan Crawford, a San Francisco-based entrepreneur who says, I try to keep in mind that if I dropped dead tomorrow, all of my acrylic workplace awards would be in the trash the next day, and my job would be posted in the paper before my obituary. Ugh. That one really hurt to hear because truth hurts sometimes. And there honestly may be this pervasive fear of missing out that has sometimes likely underpinned your innate desire to rise in the ranks in the traditional ways. That maybe it creeps up when you, you know, log on to your LinkedIn account and see your network seemingly thriving with new opportunities and promotions and success or when you log on to Instagram and see your feed littered with the one-up crowd showing highlight reels of their lives, their abundance, and their wealth. 
It's so easy to get caught up in that comparison game that leaves you questioning your own choices to opt out of the same grind. But it's helpful to remind yourself that with every promotion, every new access to a new tax bracket, or every additional move up the ladder of conventional success comes choices, comes sacrifice that you may not be privy to understanding or seeing. That kind of success comes at a cost, sometimes hidden, sometimes that which shows up later in life. And I think it's also so important and helps immensely to surround yourself with people that inspire you, not because of what they have accumulated or even what they have achieved, but rather by how they think. Surrounding yourself with dreamers and people who have bigger ideas of what the world is missing and how to solve for it, all of that keeps you in a state of thinking big, of tapping into that creative expression and of the possibilities that aren't attached to someone else's idea of your worth or of your value or of your capabilities. Keeping grounded in the way that people think and their ability to help you see things differently so you never lose sight of being inspired by people that are more than they're opting into something you no longer wish to subscribe to. It's easier than you imagine, too. There is so much content accessible online that inspiration is really only literally a Google search away. And I say all of this to remind you that you are not alone. If the pandemic changed the way you look at work, if loss or death has also done that for you, I'm with you there. And I'm here to remind you that it's okay. You don't have to dream of labor in the same ways. You don't have to opt into the grind, one that leaves you exhausted and anxious and that will never leave you fully satisfied. You can find success on your own terms. And I hope you at least found some hope and possibilities from this conversation. And if you haven't taken a moment, I would really love for you to be part of the conversation with me for the long term. If you hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player and tune in every month for new episodes and conversations, or if you feel so inclined, I would love for you to leave a review or even to connect with me to tell me how I can be of further service to you. All of those things go such a long way for small creators like me to be able to make my impact on the world and will help me opt out of hustle culture. My contact details are always left in the description box of each episode. And as always, I am so incredibly grateful for each and every one of you for coming along on the journey with me, for trusting me to experiment, to talk about things that may not even make sense to you at this point, but for also giving me all of this space to be my authentic self. I can't wait for what comes next.